welcome back to Hit Parade, a podcast of pop chart history from Slate Magazine about the hits from coast to coast. I'm Chris Melanfi, chart analyst, pop critic, and writer of Slate's Why Is This Song Number One series. On our last episode, we covered the first decade of the career of Outkast, the duo of Antoine Big Boy Patton and Andre 3000 Benjamin, their emergence as teenage hitmakers, their upset win at the 1995 Source Awards, and Andre's prophetic speech at that show claiming rap for the South. We're now up to the turn of the millennium, and Southern hip-hop is now so successful, outcasts begin thinking bigger, even beyond the boundaries of rap. Over in Atlanta, Andre and Big Boy knew they needed to up their game. So, in 2000, they went back into the studio and emerged with a new benchmark for speed. B.O.B., Bombs Over Baghdad, has been acclaimed as one of the most dazzling singles in rap history. Running at a frenetic 155 beats per minute, the song was Outkast's attempt to synthesize the rhythms of the British dance music known as drum and bass, which had been blasting in UK clubs throughout the second half of the 1990s. That made B.O.B. perhaps the most exceptional outcast single. The famously laid-back hip-hop duo were suddenly rapping like they had mainlined extra-strength Red Bull. Critics called it seminal and prophetic. The Village Voice dubbed it, quote, just about the damnedest bass track ever, an electro workout, unquote. Years later, Pitchfork named it the best single of the 2000s, calling B.O.B., quote, an obliteration of the boundaries separating hip-hop, metal, and electro, setting the stage for a decade of dance-rock crossovers, unquote. Perhaps because it was so cutting-edge, and possibly because its titular phrase, Bombs Over Baghdad, was controversial on the radio even years before the Second Persian Gulf War, B.O.B. was not a big chart hit. It only reached number 69 on the R&B songs chart and missed the Hot 100 entirely. But two months ahead of Outkast's next album, it signaled that Big Boy and Andre who, by the way, was now for the first time calling himself Andre 3000, were on some next-level shit. They would call that album Stankonia, and it arrived in November with one of the coolest album cover photos ever, Big Boy and Andre 3000 in front of an all-black American flag, Dre flexing his hands at the camera. The album debuted to more than half a million in sales in its first week, debuting yet again at number two. 
if it hadn't come out the same week as Jay-Z's latest CD, The Dynasty, Stankonia would have been an easy number one. The album was Outkast's biggest and most sonically expansive to date, incorporating elements of funk, psychedelia, gospel, rock, and club music, all fused with hip-hop. Amazingly, it also contained Outkast's first blockbuster pop single. To date, Outkast had yet to score a chart-topping pop or R&B hit. Ms. Jackson changed that, topping both the Hot 100 and the R&B chart in the winter of 2001. Contrary to initial belief, Ms. Jackson was not about Ms. Janet Jackson. Although, when playing the song live, as a tease, Outkast would have their DJ drop in a line from Janet's 1986 hit, Nasty. No, my first name ain't baby, it's Janet, Miss Jackson if you're nasty. Instead, the song was, indirectly, about another famous female singer, Erica Badu, whom Andre had dated for several years and who'd had her first child with him. However, the song was not dedicated to Badu, but rather to her mother, with whom Dre had reportedly had an altercation. As he says right at the start of the song. Yeah, this one right here goes out to all the babies, mamas, mamas. The song is an apology for letting down the mother of the mother of your child. As specific as this scenario sounds, it was the most culturally relatable an outcast song had ever been. A meme, if you will, before the age of memes. And it was wickedly catchy. In a clever touch, in a song about a man who refuses to settle down, Outkast included a recurring piano line that they borrowed from opera composer Richard Wagner's famed Bridal Chorus, a.k.a. The Wedding March. By the time Ms. Jackson topped the Hot 100 in February 2001, Stankonia was already triple platinum, their biggest-selling album to date, on its way to eventual sales of $4 million. It also inaugurated a period for Outkast where the singles became ever more melodic. On the number 30 pop, number 10 R&B hit, So Fresh, So Clean, for example, Outkast rapped over an irresistible chanting chorus sung by Organized Noise members Sleepy Brown and Rico Wade. Then, later in 2001, the number 19 pop, number 8 R&B hit, The Whole World, a new single added to Outkast's first-ever Greatest Hits album, was built on a bouncy chorus sung by Andre with Dungeon Family singer Joy. The Whole World also featured bars from fellow Atlanta rapper Killer Mike, yet another victory lap for hip-hop from the ATL. 
By the early aughts, Atlanta was now widely acknowledged as the capital of hip-hop, spinning off a constellation of rappers, from the big-voiced Ludacris, to King of Crunk Lil Jon, to rising Atlanta trap music kingpin T.I. And across the South, other platinum rappers were picking up the ball from Outkast, Organized Noise, and the Dungeon Family, particularly their combination of generous pop melodies with percolating hip-hop, such as the Pride of St. Louis, Nelly. And yet, even as rap was spreading across the South and coming to dominate Atlanta, Big Boy and especially Andre Benjamin were turning their ears increasingly away from hip-hop. They were still a group, but their musical interests were diverging, Big Boy going deeper into brassy R&B and Dirty South funk and Dre toward jazz, pop standards, even alternative rock. Their next album, marketed and sold as an outcast album, would be, in reality, two solo discs, one by each man, paired as a double CD. Dre and Big Boy would continue to contribute to each other's work, but each disc would be the clear vision of one half of the duo. Big Boy had a reputation as Outkast's more rap-centric member, but Antoine had wider interests. In later interviews, Big Boy would cite iconoclastic British singer-songwriter Kate Bush as one of his all-time favorites and biggest sonic influences. Her ethereal work would find its way into the more cerebral material Big Boy was working on for Outkast's next album. But overwhelmingly, it was Andre who wanted to move far away from rap. He began adapting techniques he picked up from punk, new wave, and indie rock. Indeed, the song that would ultimately become Outkast's biggest hit ever was, arguably, not rap at all. Some of the influences Dre would later cite for this song included The Smiths, The Buzzcocks, and a new early 2000s garage rock band from Sweden called The Hives. Andre fused all of these influences into a song he composed on acoustic guitar, a strummy, catchy power pop anthem. On the surface, it sounded like a big party, but its verse lyrics were secretly heartfelt a meditation on the meaning of love. Quote, 
separate's always better when there's feelings involved, Dre sang. You know what they say, nothing lasts forever. Then what makes love the exception? Unquote. Even with these contemplative lyrics, however, Andre gave his pop masterpiece an ebullient title, complete with an exclamation point. He called it Hey Ya. One, two, three, uh. Later named by this very magazine, Slate, as the number one song in the new American songbook of the 21st century, Hey Ya crossed every boundary in music. If you have attended a wedding in the last 15 years, there's a good chance you've danced to Hey Ya. Its bridge chant alone, the closest thing to pure hip-hop in the song, is made for celebration. But Hey Ya was not the only lead-off track for the new album. Much like the project itself, in which OutKast's two members worked in parallel, the Dre song was issued to radio and music stores alongside a Big Boy song. In essence, a double A-sided single. And Big Boy's half of the single was the catchiest thing Antoine had ever produced. A horn-inflected funk love song, its infectious chorus sung by Sleepy Brown, called The Way You Move. Although both tracks were officially credited to OutKast, in reality, Big Boy and Andre were going head-to-head on the charts. And what is now forgotten in pop history was that Big Boy's single was the bigger hit first. The Way You Move debuted on the Hot 100 in September 2003, three weeks ahead of Hey Ya. And The Way You Move scaled the chart faster, reaching the top 10 in early November, while Hey Ya was still at number 15. Meanwhile, on the album chart, Outkast issued their new two-CD set in late September, and it was their first not to have a portmanteau word as its title after Southern Playalistic, Atelians, Aquemini, and Stankonia. In fact, the album essentially had two titles in one, with a slash in the middle. Speakerbox slash The Love Below. That title reflected its creation and its reality as a pair of solo albums fused together, Big Boy's Speakerbox with Andre's The Love Below. Cleverly, Arista Records, Outkast's distributing label, priced the two-disc set so that retailers could discount it at about the price of a single CD. This further encouraged the public to regard the new album as an extra-long single Outkast album. This tactic worked. In October 2003, Speakerbox, The Love Below, became Outkast's first and only number one album on the Billboard 200 album chart. Like Stankonia, Speakerbox The Love Below opened to more than half a million in first-week sales. But the chart fireworks for the album and the implied competition between Dre and Big Boy was only beginning. 
Both The Way You Move and Hey Ya were lodged in the top 20 on the Hot 100 by November. If Big Boy's track had been the only lead-off single to Outkast's new album, it might well have topped the Hot 100 on its own. We'll never know. But just before Thanksgiving, Big Boy's song was overtaken on the Hot 100 by Dre's, as Hey Ya became the most added song at U.S. radio and pole vaulted on the Hot 100 from number 13 into the top five. Three weeks later, a fortnight before Christmas 2003, Hey Ya topped the Hot 100. Interestingly, when Hey Ya reached number one, it knocked out a chart topper from fellow Atlanta recording artist Ludacris. His number one hit, Stand Up. Stand up! Stand up! The contrast could not have been more stark. Luda was the sound of contemporary, of the moment Atlanta hip hop. Outkast's Andre was pulling away from hip hop entirely. In Billboard, Hey Ya was a multi genre juggernaut, making appearances across the magazine's pop, RB, adult, alternative rock, and even Latin charts. But that was not the end of the story of the Dre vs. Big Boy chart competition. For eight of the nine weeks that Hey Ya was number one on the Hot 100, The Way You Move was right behind it, sitting patiently at number two. Finally, in February 2004, in its 21st week on the chart, The Way You Move overtook Hey Ya rising to number one as Big Boy ejected his longtime partner and friend, Andre. Some chart trivia. Outkast became only the fifth act to replace themselves at number one. They followed Elvis Presley, The Beatles, Boys to Men, and Nelly. When we include two other acts who succeeded themselves in featured roles, Puff Daddy and Ja Rule, Outkast were the seventh act to achieve this feat. Outkast also set a new record for the longest wait by a song at number two before rising to number one. Of course, the song that had held their hit back for a record eight weeks had been another song by Outkast. Outcast were officially the biggest act on the Billboard charts. As if their week couldn't get any better, just days later, Andre Benjamin and Antoine Patton traveled to Los Angeles to attend the 46th annual Grammy Awards, where this happened. And the Grammy goes to... Speaker box to love below. By winning the Grammy for Album of the Year, Outkast entered rarefied company. Only one other hip-hop album, period, had ever won the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences' top prize. Five years earlier, it had been taken by The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. And to this day, these two titles remain the only 
hip hop albums to win the Grammy for album of the year. And neither one is entirely a rap album. Lauren Hill sings as much as she raps on The Great Miseducation. As for Speaker Box The Love Below, which, by the way, did top many critics' polls as the best album of 2003, clearly the Recording Academy was dazzled by the album's musical breadth, from the jangle rock of Hey Ya to the sweet soul of The Way You Move to the funk rock of the follow-up single, the top 10 hit, Roses. To Big Boy's electro-pop jam, Ghetto Music. Or Andre's ethereal guitar ballad, Prototype. The album even featured a duet between Andre and Grammy queen Nora Jones, who had taken album of the year herself just two years earlier. The hard fact remains that the Recording Academy, in its top category, prefers rap albums with little rap on them. Outkast had, however inadvertently, produced an ideal Grammy album. To be sure, they were ebullient as they took the stage at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. They thanked L.A. Reid profusely for sticking by them and their quirky choices. But then Andre took the microphone. And like his moment at the Source Awards, his joy was tinged with just a little resentment, this time toward Nouveau fans who, he felt, didn't understand Outkast. Yes, but stand down since our first album, Southern Playlisting, when people thought our first album was Stankonia. Stankonia is not Outkast's first album due to history. We love y'all. Thank you very much. Southern Playlist of Cadillac Music. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. The 2004 Grammys was the pinnacle of OutKast's career, and also a tough act to follow. As Andre's speech indicated, the cracks were starting to show. Like our recent hit parade subject, Billy Joel, who also won Album of the Year at the Grammys and a few years later quit pop recording entirely after one final number one album. Outcast were just about ready to hang it up. Speaker Box, The Love Below would be their last regular studio album, although not their last album, period. At this imperial high point, with the cultural capital to greenlight any project they chose, Andre and Big Boy elected to go out by fulfilling a longtime dream, an Outcast movie. Idlewild was Outkast's reimagining of Great Depression-era movie musicals for the hip-hop era. Andre and Big Boy played Percival and Rooster, respectively, a pair of juke-joint performers in a fantastical Georgia town called Idlewild in 1935. 
other performers in the movie included such acclaimed black actors as Terrence Howard, Cicely Tyson, and Ben Vereen. And the film featured dazzling dance sequences and songs by OutKast that evoked big band music from the era of Cab Calloway. On one track, the single Morris Brown, they even evoked historical black college sounds of the marching band. Whether you like it or not, he's back. Released in the late summer of 2006, Idlewild the movie did decently, earning back its $10 million budget worldwide. But reviews were mixed at best and it was in and out of theaters in a couple of weeks. It was a similar story for the soundtrack, really a companion album, and officially Outkast's last CD. It shipped in platinum quantities and debuted at number two on the Billboard chart, on the strength of pent-up demand for new Outkast music. But Idlewild was off the Billboard 200 in less than three months, the shortest chart run of any Outkast album, and reviews were respectful but leaned negative. Critics called the album overlong and unfocused. It was a muted finale for one of the most artistically daring careers in hip-hop history. And if Outkast, with Idlewild, didn't exactly go out on top, they definitely went out on their own terms, as they had their entire career, with their legacy secure. For the next decade and a half, the charts were awash in music that owed Outkast a debt of gratitude. Whether it was other Atlanta rappers who had Dre and Big Boy to thank for creating the scene they now thrived in, like T.I. Or Outkast's collaborators, like their Dungeon family friend CeeLo Green. He teamed up with producer Brian Danger Mouse Burton to form the duo Gnarls Barkley, and they recorded one of the biggest and most acclaimed singles of the aughts. Like Hey Ya, Gnarls Barkley's number two hit, Crazy, straddled multiple post-hip-hop genres all at once. As for Andre 3000 and Big Boy, even though they never recorded another Outkast album, they have produced plenty of new music, but at irregular intervals and rarely together. For fans of Outkast's rapping, particularly Dre's, given his abandonment of rap during the early aughts, the highlight of the decade may have been their guest appearance on a remix from Houston rappers UGK. So I typed the text to a girl I used to see saying that I chose this cutie pie with whom I want to be. And I apologize if this message gets you down. And then I CC'd every girl that I'd CC round town. And see UGK's proud, 2007 single, International Players Anthem, I Choose You, was one of the most acclaimed tracks of the decade. Both Dre and Big Boy threw down some of their best bars and they even made jovial appearances in the song's music video, 
play acting an imaginary Andre 3000 wedding. On my bum when I shoot the moon, high jump the broom like a preemie out the womb. My partner yelling too soon, don't do it. For his part, Big Boy has issued three solo albums, all of which have earned modest sales but very strong critical acclaim. Most especially his 2010 solo debut, Sir Luscious Left Foot, which made many year end best album lists and spawned the minor hit Shuttlebutt. And Andre 3000? Appearances by him are still newsworthy affairs though it is anyone's guess when or where he will turn up. Dre has yet to produce an official solo album, but he has guested on more than two dozen original and remixed tracks since Outkast's hiatus, including hits by rapper Rich Boy, R&B singer Lloyd, and none other than pop deity Beyonce on her 2012 hit Party. Under his birth name of Andre Benjamin, he has also acted in several films including the starring role in the 2014 biopic Jimmy, All Is By My Side, in which Benjamin earned plaudits for his uncanny portrayal of guitar legend Jimi Hendrix. You really want to change things? When the power of love takes over the love of power, that's when things will change. Now in his 40s, Andre 3000 will still show up for an occasional guest appearance on a song. As recently as 2019, he made a cameo on the latest album by singer-rapper Anderson Pock. Yeah, all I need, all of me on my knees, normally harmony, bumblebee, hummingbird, I'm a nerd, study you, what do you, double, you, double. But Dre and Big Boy's stronger legacy is on Southern rap in general. While cities from Chicago to Toronto have staked their claim as hotbeds of hip-hop, it is still widely taken for granted that many rap movements bubble up from Atlanta, from the likes of Future, and Migos. It's a legacy that Andre and Big Boy are rightfully proud of, all these years after they stepped away from the outcast spotlight. It's a legacy that they sought to burnish in 2014 when they, briefly, reunited to tour as Outkast. And the highlight of that tour was when they headlined the blockbuster Coachella Music Festival. Live from the stage in Indio, California, Big Boy echoed his partner at the 2004 Grammys when he shouted out the fans who truly remembered OutKast from back in the day. As heads nodded along to Player's Ball, the holiday single OutKast dropped back in 1993. For just a moment, Coachella felt a little like the ATL on Christmas Day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hit Parade. 
Our show was written, edited, and narrated by Chris Melanfi. That's me. The producer for this show was Benjamin Frisch, with additional 2023 production from Kevin Bendis. Derek John is executive producer of Narrative Podcasts, and Alicia Montgomery is VP of Audio for Slate Podcasts. Check out their roster of shows at slate.com slash podcasts. You can subscribe to Hit Parade wherever you get your podcasts, in addition to finding it in the Slate Culture feed. If you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us while you're there. It helps other listeners find the show. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to leading the hit parade back your way. Until then, keep on marching on the one. I'm Chris Moranity. Okay,